Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music. For all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com/newsadfree. That's amazon.com/newsadfree to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com/results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com/results. Terms and conditions apply. Mr. Secretary, I, Mr. Secretary, I want to stop you there, and I want to know, if you've got this great plan, why will you not let the media in? Martha, it is not only privacy concerns. Let me be clear, we're in the midst of a pandemic. Well, that's why you see, Martha, so many of the administration officials, including Mayorkas, as well as Roberta Jacobson, the southern border coordinator for the White House, they're starting to change their tune. They're starting to say, we're not just saying don't come, we're saying don't come like this ever. We walked into Juarez, Mexico, a city racked with violence, to find Ophelia and her 10-year-old son. Biden promised that we can cross with, with minors. She said she heard that because of President Biden, she would be welcome. I wanted to yield to my vice president, who's smarter than I. Well, there's not much to add to that, Mr. President. <laughs> <laughs> I was just sorry. What an odd little week we've had. So, where to begin, where to begin, where to begin. The media this weekend, today, right now, is Sunday for most of you, Monday for some of you. Um, The media has been just beating the hell out of the administration. This is the network media as well. Here and there, there's some pundits who still try to kick it back to Trump, but they don't... Two things that the, the media has made this... This is personal now because the Biden administration not only has the messaging been all over the place and the these the the networks in the the cable stations, they want Biden to be doing well. But they're on record a couple of years ago documenting the humanitarian crisis on the border. 
And so they look foolish. And now the administration is freezing them out. And so, you know, they've been you know, activists for this uh, administration. They've put the time in and they feel like they've been betrayed. So they are angry as hell and they are finding more and more immigrants. Even they can't get to the facilities, but they're finding and speaking to more and more of these um, immigrants who are saying, yeah, we're, we're only here because Joe Biden said to come here. You have tried to do this when Donald Trump was president. Definitely not. Definitely. We had the chance, you know, we used to watch the, the news and uh, I definitely won't do this. So did you come here because Joe Biden was elected president? Basically. Basically. Basically, in the open, you heard the uh, another woman who's with a child. We walked into Juarez, Mexico, a city racked with violence to find Ophelia and her 10-year-old son, now headed back to Guatemala after being sent back to Mexico. The reason she risked everything? Biden promised that we can cross with, with minors. She said she heard that because of President Biden, she would be welcome. Ouch. They don't want to do it, but they are beating the hell. Yeah, that's out of not media. the story that the Biden administration wants right now. Well, yeah, and that's not the story that most of these people in the media want to be telling, but they have to. This is undeniable. They, 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 you, can't, you can't pretend everything's fine and have FEMA opening up massive shelters for, uh, for these minors. I think they're up to have 15,000 yeah. kids and this is, being held at the border right this now. Is, Biden specifically said mm-hmm. that people need to rush the border, need to swarm. Or what did he say? Surge. Surge at the border while he was running. And people listened. And Democrats run on this all the time. They always encourage us. They certainly encourage it during mm-hmm. Trump as well, as, as much as they could, so they could get the optics of you know, uh, security forces pushing back women and children on the border so they could reinforce the old, you know, you guys could all finish this sentence for me. The old narrative of the Trump is Hitler. It's the same. I'm almost bored talking about it. Alice and I were talking earlier today, like we're sick of talking about cancel culture, but it never, it just doesn't stop happening. And we right. have to. But it's- I was like, do we, are we going to have another... Uh, Biden's border crisis and cancel culture show today. Do we have to? Yeah, like, and we'll talk about other it. stuff too. We will, I, sw- mm-hmm. I swear, because I can't. I, only, I can't do border A to Z. Um, but there's, I, I, I mean, in the, I was trying to grab media as much interesting sound as possible out there from what's happening today on the Sunday shows. Everybody is giving the Biden administration the same beating. So a lot of the stuff is just redundant. I can't use a lot of it. I mean, there was one. There's one other tiny deal where Tom Cotton is showing that he's a he's a hypocrite on giving um, uh, prisoners money or something in the stimulus. That's not on. It's not a front of top of mind issue right now. It doesn't right. matter. I'm sure that that that, uh, that he, he is being hypocritical. I don't I, I don't care at the moment. Uh, but this stuff in the border is it's telling for several reasons. One, it, the the decision making that went in to immediately. Um, so self-assuredly just wipe away the Trump policy without putting in any precautions, any measures to make sure that this doesn't happen. That's remarkable. That is a remarkable model of incompetence. And these are supposed to be very smart people. You know, remember, they know how to do Washington stuff. They've got their presidential and they've got the right temper and tone and all that stuff. So it's, it's, you know, also, so that's, 
not only that, but the messaging and having this guy Mallorca go out there and essentially, essentially, you know, solicit for more undocumented minors coming and more illegal immigrants to come to the border implicitly, you know, if not explicitly, it's just crazy. It's 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 mixed messaging because they're trying to be too cute. They're trying to be sensitive to the uh, to the far the fringe part of the party. And the 2021, 20, you know, uh, um, epic, uh, uh, woke quota that they've uh, instilled. And so they've diluted the messaging and destroyed the messaging. And they're stepping up, they're falling all over, over themselves. Now, and it's no good because we've got, it's just, it's bad, it's bad, it's bad news. To hear Jan Saki say, you know, it's really tough, it's a tough thing to do. Yeah, no kidding. You know, so maybe while you were piling on a few years ago, you could have thought of an alternative way to uh, t- take care of the situation. But listen, to how, this is just how bad it is. This is Chris Wallace with uh, Alejandro Mayorkas from DHS just this morning. Mr. Secretary, why not let reporters go to see what the conditions are at the camp in Midland? And is it true that more than 10% of the miners in Midland have tested positive? And in fact, that more than 200 migrants in Brownsville tested positive for COVID and then were released? Um, uh, Chris, uh, the miners who are arriving and who are placed in uh, the Department of Health and Human Services facilities are tested. They are all tested, Answer the question. isolated, and quarantined. Our COVID-19 protocols that are administered by the Department of Health and Human Services uh, are operated very efficiently. Uh, we also, I should say, work very closely with local officials in Texas, uh, with local organizations, to also test, isolate, and quarantine uh, children. And um, we uh, offer uh, reimbursement 100% from FEMA. And I dodge the question totally. Never answer the question. Mm-hmm. Mr. Secretary, why not let reporters go to see what the conditions are at the camp in Midland? And is it true that more than 10% of the miners in Midland have tested positive? And in fact, that more than 200 migrants in Brownsville tested positive for COVID and then were released? Um, hundreds of minors being tested positive for COVID on the border and then released. And now if they're in Texas and they're released, I assume they're released in Texas. Yeah, some this of them. Is, some of them they've flown up closer to Canada. Uh, this is, yes. Yeah, so this is a different version of catch and release. Bringing closer. And this guy won't answer. Mm-hmm. The DHS secretary will not answer that question. You know why he won't answer it? Because it's true. Because it's true, and it's probably worse. The truth is probably mm-hmm. worse. It's, there's no doubt you got Border Patrol and ICE people leaking to Fox News and anybody who will listen left and right. Well, especially because they stopped doing the COVID protocols because they were out of space. So imagine if Trump were president and they had stopped doing COVID capacity to make sure that people were distanced and they had an outbreak and 10% of the people were COVID positive in, in Trump uh, border facilities, people will be having a field day. But because it's Biden, you know, they just are quietly, you know, turning off the COVID restrictions and packing all the people in there. The camps are at like 700% capacity. It's ridiculous. And they're, 
I mean, I, I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know what options they have at this point because now they've already made the narrative that they're the anti-kids-in-cages presidency and, you know, come on up for weeks now. I don't see how you can... how how you can unring that bell of telling everybody mm-hmm. in Central America to come on up here. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And Martha Raddatz is for ABC. Mm-hmm. She is uh, on a tear. Morning, Mr. Secretary. I want to start right there. We heard the sheriff say it, the governor say it, and the migrants I spoke to say it. They are coming across because they believe they will be welcomed under the Biden administration. You said yourself three weeks ago, we're not saying don't come. We're saying don't come now. President Biden had a stronger message later. But the messages are mixed at best, Mr. Secretary. Martha, good morning. Uh, The message is quite clear. Do not come. Uh, The border is closed. The border is secure. We are expelling uh, families. We are expelling single adults (laughs) under um, these. How cold. How would a cold, uncaring administration. We've come a long way from if they make the perilous They climbed the ladder and pulled the ladder up behind them. You know, incredible. Incredible. This, this, the, the fact that they have now got this talking point, which is 180 degrees different, mm-hmm. just show you the inc- the massive hubris of this administration. Then they got when they got in here, and this is just one, one area, right now that we're talking about. This is the fleet of executive orders that, that Biden signed at the very beginning uh, of his administration. Those are also going to have very bad consequences, including certainly. Mm-hmm. The Keystone Pipeline stuff. So that's about thousands of workers. But um, stay stay tuned to these executive orders, and especially once these climate idiots start uh, getting um, a little more aggressive. CDC's authority under Title 42 of the United States Code, because we are in the midst of a pandemic, and that is a public... That's so... Title 42 is back. Mm-hmm. Public health. Whoa. What is that? Uh, imperative. A good sign. Oh, hold on, Chuck. Chuck Todd's talking. My cut sheet here says, oh, my cut sheet, might as well say cut sheet, says, says uh, cuck Todd. <laughs> we are encouraging children not to come. Now is not the time to come. Do not oh, you've come. You've only got 28,000 of them now. dangerous. We are building safe, orderly, and humane ways to address the needs of vulnerable children. Yeah, good luck with that. They, it doesn't matter. They don't... Uh, it is too little, too late. Cuck Todd, as my uh, <laughs> Good one, honey. Thing says, it was not on purpose, uh-huh. but uh, is sure. he's not having it either. He's getting attacked on social media for saying this, for giving this monologue. And a good Sunday morning. It's fair to call the deteriorating situation at the U.S.-Mexican border a crisis, even if the Biden administration refuses to use that word. But it's more than that. It's a political crisis for the new president with no easy way out. Republicans are quick to blame Mr. Biden for the growing number of migrants crossing the southern border, saying it's his rhetoric and policy shifts that caused this surge in migrants. Chuck, I think that would go without saying. Yeah. Republicans, it's not really a story about Republicans being quick to blame. (laughs) It is Joe Biden's own language soliciting, inviting, and encouraging this. The new Democratic administration says it was left with a dismantled and unworkable immigration system by former President Trump. Look, conservatives want nothing less than a big wall and some stricter enforcement of the border. Progressives want nothing less than humane treatment for migrants 
fleeing violence wherever it is, and a path to citizenship for those that are already here. So far, Americans largely approve of Mr. Biden's young presidency, and he wants to focus on vaccinations, COVID relief, infrastructure, voting rights, racial inequalities, and renewing America's image at home and abroad. But he can't control the news cycle. Just last week, an intelligence report reminded us of the threat from domestic terror groups that Mr. Biden must confront, particularly after January 6th. Events in politics have a way of applying their own pressure points. And right now, that pressure is pointed directly at our southern border. The social media world is very angry at Chuck Todd. I bet. Folks on the left are not pleased. And this, it must, be, this must be pretty tough to say that this this administration is the it's the writing it's correcting you know civility incompetence in washington and having them step in it in february and now we're in march it's like ooh, dang gangsterism corruption the pressure is tremendous and to do that 180 without really any preparation he owns this now he owns it and Laura, he really does. And, and should they have been more aware? I mean, they really seem tone deaf to the politics of this as well. You heard Mayorkas trying to do cleanup, I think, there, trying to send this strong message. But is it too late? Well, that's why you see, Martha, so many of the administration officials, including Mayorkas, as well as Roberta Jacobson, the southern border coordinator for the White House, they're starting to change their tune. They're starting to say, we're not just saying don't come. We're saying don't come like this ever and come in the legal fashion. But we're going to build a wall. Mexico's going to pay for it. Again, uh, there are so many. There's such a big influx. And I was just talking to local advocates here in El Paso yesterday, and they were saying that they feel as though beyond the rollback of the remain in Mexico, which they felt as though uh, went well, according to the advocates and activists. Beyond that, they feel as though the White House doesn't have a plan in terms of how to address not just the children, but also the adults and the families that are coming over here. And that when when migrants are being released into South Texas or when they're being transferred here to El Paso, that there isn't enough testing, COVID testing for them, that they aren't sure where they're supposed to go. And so they, they really, as Matt said, they do feel like it's a not sustainable situation here. And it is not. Well, right. I mean, it's an interesting point that now I forget in which cut it was. One of the people made saying, like, they just rolled back all Trump's executive orders without having the immigration system that they wanted set up. And that so then for them to complain that Trump had dismantled, quote unquote, a system that he had not needed because he had executive orders in place that prevented him from needing that type of system set up to process all these migrants, right? He didn't need to process all the people because he wasn't letting them come here. So to let them come here before you have the system set up to process them is a problem. That's That was a bad decision, you know? And Biden owns this now. You know, you don't get to yeah. pick well, in- what crisis... <clears throat> you get to handle as president. You have to deal with all of that. Yes, and this was, you know, this is a Ron Klain, mm-hmm. you know, driving this ship, really, and they had decided that they ran on Biden being a return to normalcy, a return to decency, and Biden is the anti-Trump. That was what they ran on, and when he got into the White House, they said, that's going to be our policy going forward. We're going to do all the gest- we're going to do all the gesturing to show that we're not Trump. We're not mm-hmm. mean Trump anymore. We're, we're good Joe. And that means dismantle the high-profile Trump things that the media 
was pointing out the media lived off of the stuff that seemed to resonate with the American public. So they went in there and to be the to be the anti-Trump, they went in there and immediately dismantled Trump's stuff. And they assumed that the headlines would be, and f- for the first few days they were, right. that decency was back and empathy was back at the border. Mm-hmm. Uh, but unfortunately, there's no Trump around now. So the media has to pay attention while all this stuff's falling apart. So the, this news coverage right now was supposed to be good news coverage for the Biden team. But it was they no one did the damn work to make it happen, to make sure that the policies, you know, were undergirded with, with the effective replacements and they, mm-hmm. or, or, you know, or, or changes. So. Right. So now it's a total, total mess. It reminds me of the Obamacare website. Mm-hmm. Where somehow nobody made sure that it worked, and as a matter of fact, many people knew going into the day they were going to launch it that it wasn't working. But everybody was hoping that somebody else would was making sure was you know mm-hmm. was was uh, guaranteeing or just you know was there to make sure that it, that it would be functional. Mm-hmm. But nobody did, and that is that is. What do you call it? What's the word I'm thinking of? Organizational incompetence. Right. No checks and balances, no good communication. Mm-hmm. N- only wanting to get a good attaboy at meetings rather than, you know, say, hey, before we do this, I know we're all feeling good about sticking it to Trump's policy here and uh, flaunting, you know, how, how uh, noble we are. Maybe we should make sure, we should delay maybe and just make sure that we don't F this thing up badly. Right. It's like the fire Festival thing all over again, right? Yes. And when you watch that documentary about the fire Festival, I think everybody has that feeling of like not having studied for the test and going into it and knowing that it's going to be bad and not, um, you know, not being able to do anything about it. That sort of organizational sense of everybody knows it's going to be bad. And I'm sure the, the Obamacare website was the same thing. But this is the same. It's like they... They just took down all the Trump stuff and nobody stood up to say, but wait, what are we going to do when people do show up at the border? We don't have an infrastructure built out to do anything about this. People are just going to show up here and we don't have enough people here to handle it. You know, and it's it goes back to also, you know, being nice isn't a public policy. Public policies have trade offs. You know, you have to right. make decisions and people react to the things that you do and change their behavior on the basis of your policies. And you can't control that. You can say all day, we're going to have a nice border and it's going to be great. But if you don't have the infrastructure built in order to handle it when people show up and just try and walk through your border, then then it's going to be a failure. And no matter how nice you are, well-intentioned you are, no matter how much Obama was a nice person who wanted the Obamacare website to work, it just, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. There, People are going to do what they're going to do. Well, and I think it's it's more insidious than nice because we've been playing since January, mm-hmm. Biden introducing his cabinet and leadership staff, and each of them begins their welcoming statement with themes of social justice as priority. Mm-hmm. So this guy, Majorca, he's not... Mayorkas. A, a Mayorkas. You know, he's a social justice guy. 
Right. He's got that running through him. So he's not going to be able to separate himself, take a clinical look mm-hmm. and, and uh, with a, a clinical dissection of what's going on. He's a true believer in social, social justice. So, I mean, you heard him speak. You heard him say he couldn't bring himself to say until today where his job has got to be on the line. Right. You heard him enticing people to come in. Mm-hmm. You know, not using the term illegal immigrant at all. That was important. It's more important that we don't use that term that than we make sure that the apparatus at the border is effective. That's mm-hmm. the priority of people in the social justice movement. And they're riddled throughout this administration because the administration is afraid that they're going to get bullied from the left. Mm-hmm. And, you know. And what did it get them? It's going to get them more bullied from the left. Right. It's going to get them more bullied from the left. And people, I mean, at this point, even if people, even if the wave of people coming here slows down it's not going to slow down for a while because people have already left their homes in guatemala and in honduras and are heading here you know it's going to take a while to slow down even if this does slow people down which it might not because i think they've been hearing biden the whole time with a wink and a nod saying don't come but right you know if you do so the idea now that they're going to start believing the biden administration when they say don't come is you know it 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 just might be a tough sell for them. But mm-hmm. I I don't, you know, it's the same thing with the socialism thing, how liberals always think that socialism is going to work the next time it's tried. But it's it's like they just can't believe, can't believe that good intentions could go wrong somewhere. If we have good intentions and we're nice, it's going to work. It just has to, you know. it. They, they believe that and they can't understand why sometimes mean Trump could end up having a border policy that is, in effect, less cruel to people coming here. Right. Because it doesn't sell them a bill of goods because Trump's honest and says you're not going to get in here. Right. And they've also uh, the accessories for border security and for proper processing at the border have all been vilified. And turned into objects of ire. The wall, the big steel rusty wall, oh, that's supposed to evoke negative feelings. That's mean. That's mm-hmm. bad. Ice. Ice is supposed to be abolished. These guys are jackboots. You know, border patrol people, mm-hmm. also jackboots. All yeah. the people down there. These are these are not forces for good for good. Mm-hmm. They have poisoned the well here. Yeah. So I remember it's funny, right after um Trump's election in 2016 um you know our kids started to hear about it at school because they were telling them like if you don't feel safe because Trump was elected etc cetera, etc cetera. so it was like a conversation I believe our daughter was in first grade at that t- no kindergarten actually at that time so she was talking to her friends about it and she came to me and asked about you know who we voted for and if we like Trump and she kind of thought about it a bit and then she said well my friend said that he wants to build a wall. And I kind of said, so? So what's wrong with walls, you know? And she said, well, I don't know. I guess my friend that told me about it, maybe she wanted to go to the place where he's building the wall, and now she can't. So she didn't know why she wasn't right. supposed to like a wall, but her friend had told her there was a wall, and it was mean, and she couldn't like, didn't have the pieces put together of what was mean about the wall, but something was bad about it. Yeah, but this is, this is a bad situation. And those guys took a beating today. Mr. Secretary, Secretary, I want to stop you there. And I want to know, if you've got this great plan, why will you not let the media in? I I understand privacy concerns, but will you let them in today or this week? 
Martha, it is not only privacy concerns. Let me be clear, we're in the midst of a pandemic. We're talking about a crowded border patrol. Oh, that's rich at this point to be going with that. ...station where we are focused on operations. At the same time, and let me assure you that we are working on a plan to provide access so that people could see what is going on in a border patrol station. And I would encourage people to also see um, a, a Department of Health and Human Services facility where the children are sheltered and where they belong. Yeah, they want to see them. That's the question. <laughs> and where we are moving them to. What? You should really see them. They're yes. great. Why won't you let us see them? Oh, you really should. We would ask you to see them if possible. They're you, fabulous. You'll love them. You, you talked about the Trump administration and what was in place there. You did away with that. Wouldn't it have been better to have a plan before you did away with that? Gulp. We are executing the plan that we have, and let me share with you. No need to move along from that. We are executing the plan that you have. Well, do we think it's working? Because we will succeed. And when we look back at this time, however difficult it has been, we will get through it. We will get through it successfully. You're not the one not seeing daylight for three days in a row in right. the little box. What we will all say is that we worked our way through a difficult time. We what, Why is he in front of us creating the post-narrative, you know, <laughs> PR line? We worked, we'll say after this is all, once we get the ch kids out of, uh, unpiled off of each other, and once we try to contact trace all the COVID that we've released into Texas and the United States, once we find all their parents, if that's ever going to happen, once we do this monumental task, we will say that we did a great job here. <laughs> we really worked hard. I love that he's writing a report card for the future and he's giving himself an A. <laughs> we did a good job in the future, you'll see, that we'll say about ourselves. Talk about a guy who mm -hmm. does not give you confidence. It's this guy right here. Administer the laws as they were intended and we lived up to our values and our principles as a nation. And that is what we are accomplishing. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, in President Shattuck's world... The question world, is... In President Shattuck's world, accomplishing that term word right there that he just said to Martha Raditz would be the last thing he said employed by the United States of America, and he would be fired immediately. He ought to be. He's doing a terrible job trying to spin this. I mean, not that no, I don't know what you'll see. That I don't we know will what... say one day that we came and saw a problem and went yeah. to the, less, the the letter of the law and the spirit. It's of... like there's always someone when something's going wrong that has to tell you, "We'll look back on this someday and laugh." These are the good times. Don't you always just want to smack that person upside the head? You know what? The, we'll look back on this and laugh when when you're in the middle of some terrible thing. It's just, why don't you focus on fixing the problem well, before you congratulate yourself right. on what a great job you're going yes, to have he done? Gave, he's giving himself a Cuomo Emmy right now for the job well done. But you know, so what does it say mm -hmm. that that guy is the guy they put out there today to talk to everybody? This true believer, you know, mm -hmm. barking at the moon. Got, you know, he sounds more like a spiritual advisor than a project manager or a a a, a manager. Anson, <laughs> hi, buddy. You leaving? 
Take it easy. Nice seeing you. Don't uh, jostle the cameras too much. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so anyway, that is a total mess. I want to get to some of the cancel culture stuff in a moment, Alice, but mm-hmm. a few pieces of housekeeping. One, uh, what a beautiful day today was. Today was fabulous. We took a nice five-mile-or-so walk in a great park in, in Newburyport, Massachusetts, so if you could get up there, you should go to it. It's called Maudsley Park. Is that right? Maudsley State Park, yes. Ma- Ma- what is that noise? I don't know. He's got a piece of electric equipment. A Maudsley State Park. It's beautiful. It's the it's the wreckage. Not the wreckage. What's it called? It's like the ruins. Ruins. Oh, I like how you say that. Say that again. Ruins. Ruins. <laughs> it's the ruins of, of a couple of mansions built about 100 years ago. And yeah. it's just... Uh, it's like 450 yes. acres of crazy... Uh, yes. Woods and sculpted trees and different things. It's it's like really cool. Gardens fallen into disrepair. Yes. It's very cool. It's very cool. And and then we had a great lunch at a great restaurant. If mm-hmm. you're ever up in this area, uh, go to is it called ninety seven pub or pub ninety seven? Pub ninety seven. Pub ninety seven on Route ninety seven, and that is is that in Groveland or Georgetown? Georgetown. In Georgetown, Massachusetts. Um, I'm pretty sure it is a great place. They've got 97 different kinds of hamburgers, mm-hmm. burgers, and or, the staff is just fantastic. It's a cool little place. I'm glad they've survived, and they did something really, cr- really <laughs> crazy. I don't know if we should tell them. Should we tell them? Uh, we can. Yeah, well, tell I'll just say this. I'll say this that that the owner or somebody monitored our kids. It was us and our neighbor and their kids, and um, and. It essentially rewarded the kids for being well behaved, mm-hmm. and for for our kids, they were well behaved. Yeah, for, for the Shattucks, they were considering that the little three year old was an absolute jihadist terrorist uh, about three days ago when we were in another restaurant. Mm-hmm. But uh, Pub Ninety Seven is called. It is a great, great place. Great, real people are working the place. They're just they they all know. They seem you know if, if you have kids, you know that. There are restaurants who get it, how it is to be out with little kids. Restaurants who that don't get it. These people get it, and they were great. And the beer was good too, as a matter of fact. Mm-hmm. Fiddlehead, fiddlehead beer, which was excellent. Mm-hmm. And so that is that. Um, and uh, I was anyway. It was just nice to get out there today in the sun. We've all got a little sun. I think we're all oh, a little sunburned. Uh, and the exercise was great. Now, if you're listening to this on Monday, not Sunday. Mm-hmm. Chances are that you may have, or maybe not, maybe not, known that I'm um, making a change in my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, a, I have made, if it's Monday, a change in my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, one that I'm excited about. Uh, one that, uh, you know, is... I, I can't get into any backstory, but... Um, I'm professionally going to uh, to seek other alternate uh, adventures, we'll say. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm excited. Alice is excited. And it, it will not affect this podcast because I am enjoying... I have not fired him from the burn barrel yet. Correct. That's or I have not been not fired. Not what he's referring to. But, uh, but so I, know, I hate to be vague, but... Just professionally, we're just doing some. Uh, I'm doing some new stuff. You'll, it'll, you'll, all good things. All good things. Yes, yes. I assume that I'll be on Jerry this week, Callahan. I, uh, yes, all good things. Anyway, so that's that. So I'm excited. 
I'm excited. I'm glad this this past year, uh, for every human being on Earth, probably, and certainly for you guys listening in, and for us has just been, you know, you it's it puts a lot of things in perspective, and so we're uh, prioritizing um, a a little more carpe diem than uh, in the past, perhaps. I think that's safe to say. Is that adequate, Alice, or should mm-hmm. I... Now that you've said a lot about something that nobody knows right. anything what you're talking about. So there you go. I'll try to be even more vacuous and vague as we <laughs> go on. So, um, so why is the... Unfortunately, and I don't want to get in, in trouble here, but unfortunately, some of the best flags are also some of the most demonized flags, many for valid reasons. Although a flag is just a flag. Mm-hmm. It didn't do anything, but it was uh, born, was it born, bared by mm-hmm. yeah. some, some, um, some born. bad. The flag bearer bears a flag. The yes. flag was born by Very that, nice. I would say. Very nice. What was the one I got last night that you guys were all surprised at? Oh, entropy. Tom came up with the word entropy. Why was everybody surprised? What do you think I do <laughs> or did for a living? I'm around smart. What are you a physicist? I'm a, I'm around smart stuff. Okay. And my brother was actually surprised. I knew what B to B was, business to business. He's like, wow, B to B. What do you, what do you people think <laughs> of me around here? Screw you. <clears throat> okay, so the British flag, the Union Jack, which I love. We've got a Union Jack. I've had one that I bought in London, in 1984, when I went uh, as a child. And we've got uh, we've got this grand Union flag. Mm-hmm, that's the American flag, right? With, with the... a little British thing in the middle. It's something that that uh, Yankee jerks get when they buy old houses. And mm-hmm. I got one of those. So uh, it's sometimes thought to be the first, um, like the flag that George Washington flew <laughs> when he was besieging Boston. Well, Washington wasn't besieging Boston, was he? Well, wasn't he when he um, came here? And he was, I guess with the when key- they brought the cannons for right, but there wasn't a siege on. Well, but they were here. He was set up here outside Boston. I mean, I don't think they were very effectively. Besieging we never had Boston. a guest on to talk about this. I don't think they were know? very effectively besieging Boston, but they they were traveled right through the Berkshires. <sighs> okay. okay, so Alice, why is the Union Jack in trouble? Um. So this. Guy was on, I guess, the BBC, and he was on a Zoom call into the BBC. I don't know if he's a politician or what. Um, And he had a big old Union Jack next to a picture of the Queen. Right, and he was. He's not an MP. He was some kind of uh, minister of something in -hmm. England. And the presenters uh, made a a subtle issue of his flag. Robert Jenrick, uh, thank you. I think your uh, flag is not up to standard size uh, government interview uh, <laughs> measurements. I think it's just a little bit small, but uh, that's your department, really. That's tongue-in-cheek, I believe. How British is that humor? Tongue-in-cheek, I believe, because mm-hmm. it's not all that small. It's a big flag. It's a huge flag, right? It's a full-size flag. The picture of the queen. The picture. You, uh, you, oh, you'll be aware that you'll be aware that every, every time we have we we've seen it every day, haven't we? There's, it's, it's, it's a stock always a flag thing, isn't it? Always there you a flag. Go. Uh, the picture of the queen there as well, though, in the Westminster office, I'm assuming. Robert Jenrick, uh, thank you. I, so I there think you go. You're, That's the uh, problem with the yeah. The BBC mocked the his okay. For they mocked a the flag. Jack. 
But some people think that the flag deserves to be mocked mm-hmm. because it is a flag, it is a tyrannical symbol. Right. It is a symbol of colonization and butchery and genocide. And so um, many people on Twitter were saying, so the BBC presenters had to apologize that they made fun of the British flag. But then um, a lot of people on Twitter were saying they shouldn't have apologized, that that flag makes people feel bad. It's a symbol of terror throughout the whole world. It's called the butcher's apron in much of the world because it's such a symbol of genocide. And they also said some of the people on Twitter were saying that, you know, they're not like those rubes over in the United States. They don't wave the flag around all the time. Only far right fascists wave Ooh. the British flag flag there They're, they don't run around waving the british flag which seems odd to me because i see i feel like i see the british flag everywhere on british stuff yeah and so that's news to me that they're it's, not it's into their flag. the british flag has also been embraced through pop culture historically by those who would be considered you know anti-state mm-hmm. folks at one time or another or it's certainly rebellious or, uh, you know, certainly divergent from the Downing Street Buckingham Palace uh, class. Mm-hmm. You know, like the Who used the British flag all the time. Many, many rock bands have used the British flag. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a great flag. Yeah, and it really is good looking. But it has so- the St. Andrew's Cross built in. Oh, is that St. what that George's is? St. George's Cross. So, like, the Scottish flag is the blue with the white X. That's St. No, Andrew's No, the Scottish flag. flag is a lion, isn't it? It's right there on that blanket. Isn't Google that? Scottish flag. I think it's St. Andrew's Cross, I think isn't it's it? A, I think it's a lion. Scottish flag. It's a standing yeah. up red lion. Blue with, paws. with a white X. St. Andrew's Cross. Then what's that Scott? What's the red lion with the paws out that we have on a blanket? I don't know. What is... We've got to get our show prep together. Jeez. Uh, That's the royal banner of Scotland. Okay. There you go. That's different. We do have a blanket of the royal banner of Scotland, but the modern day Scottish flag is the St. Andrew's Cross. That's the white, the blue with a white X on it. That's St. Andrew's Cross because St. Andrew was crucified on a cross in the shape of an X traditionally. Um, and then they have the St. George's emblem, the red and white cross up and down. St. George's, because St. George is the patron saint of England. Also, my family <laughs> patron saint, by the way. Great saint. And the patron saint of the guy um, at the Sunoco who does our inspection stickers, who's a Lebanese Christian. I worked at a Sunoco for- Named George. A, worked at a Sunoco in the summer of 91, I think, right out of high school. Mm-hmm. And it was the worst job I'd ever had until a few years later, I worked making copies for a living. And that's the worst job. <laughs> but the Sunoco I worked at, I was, um, I had a tiny bit of girth on me, and all they had was bright yellow Sunoco t-shirts that we had to wear, <laughs> and mine was like six sizes too small, so I looked like this big yellow sun, and with my fat hanging out in all different places where one would hope it wouldn't, and I was, it was grotesque. And of course, there I am in the Woburn Sunoco, not only. Having people from my town, Winchester, like all the you know the 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 mean girls, pull in with their with their uh, nice cars. Yes, with their nice cars that because the, they're from the rich section, mm-hmm. and uh, you know I have to like serve the service their cars with the with my gas pumping, you know. But my fat is bouncing around because it's I, my yellow <laughs> t- shirt is painted on. It was, it was t- horrific and terrible. <laughs> Situation. I'm not. This is not a class thing. Uh, I, I've 
uh, I, I could very well be doing it in the near future. So, um, but um, it was it brings back bad bad memories. It was tough. Oh God, oh God, and I never knew if the oil was full. You know, you can give full serve. There's people who check the oil. I'm like, I don't know what I'm looking at, <laughs> but I take the thing out and wipe the thing. And I still don't know. What I'm looking at. So if your uh, engine block seized after you went to my the Sunoco because the <laughs> well, kid anyway, in the fat kid in the way too small shirt George said at your the Sunoco oil was fine. in Newburyport does know what he's doing, and his patron saint is George, which is also the patron saint of England, and that's why the <laughs> British flag looks like that. So I would like to know. I would like to know your worst job that you've had in making copies. Job was in for we the company would make copies for law firms so it's reams of contracts reams thousands of copies the problem mm-hmm. with copies are is that it the time just moved slow so slow and yeah, I would watch and making copies and, and there's nothing else to do they let us smoke in there they're like you can smoke do whatever you want because time doesn't move in here so we're like <laughs> that job sucked that took over for the for the gas station as the worst single job you don't have that's back when the most places were um full serve uh all right now another thing i want to get to alice oh, oh yes um teen vogue right so kind of development let's start from the beginning let's go a rough outline of what has happened so alexi mccammond uh who left axios after it turned out she was dating a member of the biden administration that she was covering T.J. Ducklow, she was announced as the new editor-in-chief uh, of Teen Vogue, which has become incredibly woke in the Trump years. It was already kind of woke, mm-hmm. but it became really, really woke in the last few years. Um, and It's really woke in an oddly pernicious way, too. Right. This is not like, how do I get Billy to have a crush on me? Um, this is you know not how to dazzle for senior prom. This, this is, is like pushing, how Trump is gaslighting America, right? But and, it's also pushing sex, etc., onto mm-hmm. you know, in all sorts of like all sorts of inappropriate yeah. stuff, trying to push and encourage mm-hmm. girls to do yeah, all sorts did, of things that would yeah. be considered. Uh, I, I don't could, could just risky behavior, right? Like, right. So they've become very woke. Uh, she, I mean, Alexi McCammond is very woke. She's not like a right wing person or something. Um, and so she was hired as their new editor in chief. And then immediately there was trouble in paradise because uh, the staffers discovered that she had had back 10 years ago in 2011 when she was in late high school had tweeted some things like that once she woke up with puffy Asian eyes and tweeted that. And that that was Uh-oh. very offensive to Asian people in the current climate of violence against Asians and after Trump called it the Chinese virus and so that's very very bad and that's you know she had in past years apologized for these tweets already but they didn't feel it was enough Mm -hmm. she apologized again Um, big companies like Ulta said they were going to pull their seven figure ad campaigns from Teen Vogue because they were hiring a racist as their editor in chief and um, eventually, last week, she did, in fact, resign before she even got a chance to start the job because it was, you know, she was under fire. Her apology was not accepted right. for her 10-year-old tweets. She fell on the sword just like every good woke person should. She admitted that she needed to mm-hmm. see people and hear people and that she was guilty and that she had had to put the work in. Mm-hmm. She said all the right things, but it didn't matter. The mob wanted red meat and they got it. So after this victory, 
it came to light that uh, senior Teen Vogue staffer Christine DeVitt, senior social media manager at the Condé Nast magazine, had earlier this month made public a letter by the staff complaining about McCammon's hiring. Uh, she wrote, so proud of my Teen Vogue colleagues. The work continues. The work. Jesus. Just hours after McCammon denounced her resignation, saying that her tweets as a 17-year-old have overshadowed her work since then, DeVitt wrote on Twitter, exhales the deepest sigh I've ever sighed. Yet, <laughs> yet DeVitt, who calls herself... So, so DeVitt, happy to lead the mob and destroy this woman's career. 27-year-old... Who was who had gotten a good job, good wokester, but she had done something wrong ten years ago, something uh, that was tasteless ten years ago. So she has to be destroyed. She's celebrating this because she obviously is pure of heart. Mm-hmm. Devint, who calls herself a queer, fat Filipinex femme in Brooklyn, oh, Jesus. on her Instagram bio. Sorry, I said the J word. Alice and I have a deal going up go ahead um she still had up old posts of her own in which she repeatedly dropped the n-word oops she at least twice referred to a friend who appears to be white as an n-word in 2009 and then next year also used the word n-word in a joke tweet um david is of mixed irish and filipino descent i don't know why they said filipino and not filipinex as mm. she described herself yeah i'm uncomfortable a, with this. a queer fat filipinex femme in brooklyn her own magazine and so this is somebody else writing about her my camera did apologize and deleted her own of messages uh, the offending digitized, and then neither DeWitt, McCammond, or Teen Vogue could be reached for comment. So DeWitt, DeWitt has been found out, and she either... She ha- made all her social media private now. Right. She's so done. she, if she hasn't been deleted right now, she undoubtedly will be very soon. Because she also was a human being and an a-hole and one brief nanosecond 10 years ago or a few different 2009, nanoseconds. 2009. So that's right. 13 years ago. Right. So nope. 12 by the ago, rules sorry. that DeWitt was happy to play by to get the satisfaction and the validation of having destroyed somebody's life and feeling good about it and mm-hmm. wholesome about it, she now will be d- deleted by these rules. I am for this corporate woke cannibalism, and I hope that it sees uh, itself to its natural uh, ends and that perhaps we can all get better after all this complete and utter horse bleep mm-hmm. is over. I, I never thought I would live in an era. I remember watching movies about the 50s and the blacklist era when people would whisper that you were a communist and all it took was somebody informing on you and saying, oh, they saw you at a rally or at some peace march and you were branded and your career was over or you were on the blacklist. People go to parties now and they like, they don't want to talk. They're like... Can I talk? I don't know your girlfriend. She might be woke. <laughs> really? I'm not making this up. People, this informant thing, this it's not just what you do, it's what you don't report. That's another way the goalpost moved. I was reading about this guy, Winston Marshall, the banjo player in Mumford and Sons. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I remember when they were a thing yeah. for about the time it took to take a piss. <laughs> this guy tweeted out that he liked a book. It's a book called Unmasked. I never heard of it. You never heard of it. 
It's apparently not favorable to Antifa, so it's mm -hmm. criticizing Antifa. Okay, people write books. He tweeted out, finally had the time to read your important book, You're a Brave Man, to the author. Now he has to step away. Everyone's always <laughs> stepping away from the band. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> um, and he, this is his apology. Again, so Soviet. Over the past few days, I have come to con better understand the pain caused by the book I endorsed. What? Yeah. Would you hit somebody over the head with it? <laughs> I have offended not only a lot of people I don't know, but also those closest to me, including my bandmates. What a bunch of p***ies they must be. <laughs> and for that, I am truly sorry. It's yeah. so Stalin-esque. Yeah. It's so, you know what? Right, How about I can read what I want? I'm a musician. Don't well, worry, it won't happen again. Here, here, Bill Maher gets it exactly right again. Exactly mm -hmm. right again. People need to freaking... <sighs> Lighten the bleep up. Right. Lighten the bleep up. What do you want to spend the units of your life for going and looking for things that supposedly can offend you that then you can run to the crowd with and feel good about and try to destroy somebody's life? How? What satisfaction on your deathbed will you have to know that you were an absolute prick during your time on earth and spent your time trifling Looking around and looking at it, snooting around at who might be, you know, having a discord that you haven't approved of. And God, those people suck. Yeah. I mean, I have no doubt that there are lots of podcasts out there and books out there and things going on, people having conversations that I would absolutely find offensive, that I would not like, that I would not enjoy. But I spend zero time thinking about them. I don't. I'm not interested. Right. I don't think about it. Do you think about what people might be saying somewhere on the... No. You know, if, if they're saying something that might bother you on some podcast somewhere? <laughs> Who? I wouldn't even know where to find the time. <laughs> it seems odd. Um, but... Uh, so our Teen Vogue staffer wasn't the only person who had a rough weekend with their old tweets. Also on the uh, San Francisco school board... Um, there are some problems because uh, the San Francisco School Board, again, it's not as though they found a closeted Republican on the school board. These are all very woke, very liberal people. But, um, you know, the Asian, the AAPI, the Asian American and Pacific Islander community, has not always been the uh, favored sons of the woke movement. So a uh, San Francisco school board member, Allison Collins, has found herself in trouble because she has in the past spent a lot of time on Twitter calling out the Asian American community for how they uphold white supremacy. Ooh. And so now she's finding that her old tweets maybe have gotten her in trouble. So this is from December of 2016. Um she writes, hey, Twitter, does anyone know of any news stories highlighting hate speech or bullying of Asian students? Please send them my way. I'm looking to combat anti-black racism in the Asian community at my daughter's mostly Asian American school. So she is white, Allison Collins, but she has a black daughter. Uh, she writes that many Asians won't engage in critical race combos unless they see how they are impacted by white supremacy. I grew up in a mostly Asian American school, and I know this experience all too well. Many Asian Americans believe they benefit from the model minority BS. 
In fact, many Asian Americans actively promote these myths. They use white supremacist thinking to assimilate and get ahead. Talk to many parents and you will hear praise of tiger moms and disparagement of black and brown culture. I even see it in my Facebook timeline with former high school peers. Their timelines are full of white and Asian people. No recognition that Black Lives Matter exists. Two weeks ago, my mixed-race black daughter heard boys teasing a Latino about Trump Mexicans and the KKK. The boys were Asian American. She spoke up when none of the others staffed it. The after-school counselor was white or was Asian. Sorry. Uh, and then she writes, "My best friend from school says she feels alone in the Chinese community. She feels ostracized when she speaks up against anti-black hate. Where are the vocal Asians speaking up against Trump?" Don't Asian Americans know they're on his list as well? And now here's where she really gets herself in trouble. Do they think they won't be deported, profiled, beaten? Being a house and is still being a house and you're still considered the help. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, Allison Collins. Yes, the cultural winds have changed a little bit, Allison. And in March of 2021, that ain't going to wash. So, so there are repeated calls for her resignation. Yes. I assume by Monday she will no longer be on the Correct. San Francisco. There's an opening board. at uh, Teen Vogue, Allison Bon Chance. <laughs> um, this has been another fun burn barrel. It's good to be back with you on this Sunday. You can talk to us on Twitter at Burn Barrel Pod, Facebook.com slash Burn Barrel Podcast. You can find us on our YouTube channel, which is Tom Shattuck's Burn Barrel on YouTube. There you can see the video versions and comment like the videos subscribe there or wherever you like to listen to podcasts you can also shoot us an email that's burn barrel podcast at gmail.com head over to hulu this march where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.